Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever it is that you are listening to us. We want to thank you in advance. We as fans have always appreciated your input as fellow fans. When you're happy, we're happy. When you're upset, we are too. But sometimes we're just a little bit more honest. We are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. You can find us on Twitter at Bastards underscore Boston. I'm your host, Charlie Smith, coming to you from Providence, Rhode Island. You can find me on Twitter at Smith underscore MLB. Our other host for this episode is Terry Cushman, coming to us from Myrtle Beach in South Carolina by way of Wyndham, Maine. Terry, how are you doing, and where can the fans find you on Twitter? I am surviving and thriving in this crazy world we live in that, uh, you know, every day there's crazy stuff going on and going to talk about some not so crazy Red Sox stuff, maybe annoying Red Sox stuff for at least one of us, but uh, I can be found at Cushman MLB and uh, love the hate DMs as we all do. And I got... Well, not some DMs today, but my mentions were sizzling over the Chris Sale stuff that we're going to get into. But how, how have you been? Uh, I've been okay, you know, just um, getting by a day at a time, getting better. Um, but uh, you already touched up on the first subject. This is going to be a sore one for me. And that's going to be the first thing that we're going to be talking about tonight. So with Chris Sale, it's official. Chris Sale has opted in to the final two years of his deal, making $27.5 million in both 2023 and 2024 for a combined total of $55 million. This has been one of the more talked about points, I think, in our group and a couple other groups out there. You mentioned something on YouTube. It really hurt that this is in the realm of of a Pablo Sandoval deal. So I'm going to let you have the floor before I either somewhat disagree and attempt to dismantle it. Let's see where this goes. But the Chris Sale contract opt-in, where do you stand right now, Terry, on this? Well, it shouldn't come as any surprise that he triggered his opt-in, which is for two more years. In the past weeks I was seeing some Red Sox people on Twitter try to make the case that he might opt out for reasons that only Chris Sale understands. They were trying to make the case. Today he opts in and it's kind of a no-brainer. I mean, if he's going to hit the open market, what's he really worth? 5 or 10 million a year. <laughs> so yeah, so he's just going to take the 27.5 that he is uh, guaranteed. It's painful, you know, for Red Sox fans because, like you just kind of teased, as far as the return on investment, he's given you very little. Very little. Since 2019. He's only pitched 48 and two-thirds innings. Brian Bayo this season alone pitched 10 more innings than that. 48 in, uh, 58 innings, excuse me. Cutter Crawford pitched 77 innings. And some people might be like, oh, yuck, Cutter Crawford? Well, guess what Cutter Crawford is? He's a consequence of a guy like Chris Sale not being able to stay on the field. 
That's how you get Cutter Crawford. Now, was Evaldi out? Was Waka out? Yeah. So maybe you get Cutter Crawford anyway. But you need guys like Chris Sale to, to be healthy. And he's just not giving you that. And he's going to be 34 years old next year. What? What do we have to suggest that Chris Sale's finally going to be healthy at 34 years old? I I just, it's frustrating. And you know when he gets hurt, he's just going to get on the microphone and be like, oh, I'm so embarrassed for my family. I just want to gouge my eyes out. And he'll say all the right things, but he's taken the easy way out. And that's his way of of kind of being done with it and pretending to own it but he just wants to remove himself from the situation and i'm just tired the this has been a nightmare (laughs) it's been an absolute nightmare the extension shouldn't have happened a year early they should have made him pitch out that final year that got mishandled when he got shut down in 2019 because he had elbow inflammation instead of the prp injections he should have had tommy john right then and there he would have been ready to go at the start of the 2021 season, but they mishandled that. You know, with that violent of a delivery, just get the Tommy John. It was inevitable, but it made too much sense. So they waited another six months, and you essentially lost him for two full seasons. And that 6.35 ERA in the postseason? Gross. Gross. So. Yeah, I'm a little frustrated. I'm a little sour. But what are your thoughts, Charlie? I mean, here's the thing. So to add a little bit more fuel to the fire, because why not? Chris Sale came over to Boston and arguably one of the more, oh, my God, if this trade works out, then we're going to win one. We're going to win a World Series. But if it doesn't, this is going to go down as one of the worst moves that we've made because of the package that we gave up. And here's the thing. Michael Kopech and Yohan Mankata have not turned out to be superstars in Chicago. Chicago was bum city this year. We all thought Chicago was going to be destined for greatness. And they've been dealing with Tommy John. They've been dealing with COVID not playing players, just uh, all sorts of things. There's been an excuse after an excuse after an excuse. But Chris Sale, 2018, was making $12.5 million, and he had 12 wins, about a million a win. The following year, he's making $15 million. He has six wins. The year after that was COVID year. It was $30 million, but obviously everyone took a, a little bit of a dip in pay because that was just what happened. He didn't play. 2021, $30 million, five wins. 2022, $30 million, zero wins. So in the last three years, he's made over $65 million, and he has, the same, he has one less win than he had in 2019. Between 2019 and 2022, Four years of baseball, 11 wins, and over $100 million made. So you're paying $10 million per win. I completely get it why people are starting to be boo-ha-ha on Chris Sale. But in 2021, we saw that Chris Sale magic, and we were really hoping that we were going to see it again in 2022. Chris Sale in 2021 at home was lights out. He didn't lose. It's 5-0 at home. And those are some big games that we're going to need him to be absolutely on point. 
I completely hear where you're coming from about him being 34 and well on the wrong side of 30. Chris Sale has always been that type of guy who has said, I want to earn my paycheck. I want to earn my money. There's no way a player, Chris Sale or otherwise, is going to throw away $55 million. Is Chris Sale worth $15 million a year right now? No. Yes. 15? Oh, I do. Uh, 15, I, I think, think so. he's worth 15. I think he's worth 15. I don't think he's worth double that. He's not going to opt out. There's no way. If Chris Sale wants to earn his money, he's going to opt out of that contract and sign a very team-friendly deal to make, make up for the fact that the last three years have been bust city. There's no question there. But it, it shouldn't just fall on Chris Sale. This team last year, this team this year, excuse me, was a joke. We didn't put the pieces together in order to be competitive. In, in 2021, it was an overperformance year, an overperforming year all around. This year was injury city. Everybody was injured. No one was able to perform. Everything that possibly could have gone wrong did, and then some. Chris Sale opting in, while the financial aspect does not look pretty, at least gives me a little bit of joy because you already know he's one of my favorite pitchers. First jersey I got, I will rock it. I'll never boo the man. I really hope that he's able to put together a quality 2023 year because of the multitude of issues that were either self-inflicted or just incredibly unlucky for him this year because the bicycle injury was just dumb. That was just stupid. How you don't know how to ride a bicycle blows my mind. You're a grown-ass man. Come on. But the, the comebacker that came back and broke his finger, what are the odds of that happening? I mean, I think it was the 25th pitch. That was insane. That's just really, really unlucky, and you can't blame him for that. So wrong place, wrong time, and who knows what happens if he's pitching. Maybe he's not actually riding the bike recovering from the injury. Who knows? But I really, really need to give – we cannot be this bad. We cannot have this kind of bad luck two years in a row. So I really I need him to come back and with a vengeance in 23. Anything you want to add? Well, I mean, it wasn't all roses in 2021, though. I mean, there was a start against Tampa, only last three and two-thirds of an inning. Uh, only gave up one run, but was slapped with 10 hits and, um, you know, just didn't wasn't efficient at all. And then... His final start of the year, this one wasn't at home, so it's not really against your point, but only lasted two and one-third against the um, Washington Nationals in the last regular season start. I'm trying to get his postseason game logs. Here they are. Um, I don't recall that going too well for him. Let's see. Yeah, he only lasted in his uh, ALDS start against the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, he only lasted one inning, gave up five earned runs, just got utterly destroyed in that one playoff start. Red Sox, however, the bats came alive, and uh, they won that game 14-6. to six. Only lasted two and two-thirds uh, innings in his start against the Houston Astros. Uh, only gave up one run, but um, five hits in that one. And uh, looks like his second start, though, uh, against the Astros went a little bit better, lasted five and one third. But it, what we're seeing, though, 
since his recovery is a continuation of 2019 when he was grossly inconsistent all year, couldn't finish off batters, pitch count was sky high by the end of the fourth inning, and he's just not figuring it out. And you've got guys like Justin Verlander, first year back, wins a Cy Young. I know that's an extreme anomaly, but is what it is. Lance McCullers, up and down since he's been back, but did have a very good 2022. Did not have a good Game 3 start in the World Series. Apparently, he was tipping his pitches. Luis Severino bounced back well. Um, all these other guys are, are coming back from Tommy John, but Chris Sale still having the same same struggles. So I don't know if it's mental with him. And, um, and as far as the bike thing goes, like... What the hell, man? Like, I didn't think he was coming back anyway. It's like a comedian giving jokes and then the show's over and he exits the stage and then and then a second later comes back for like a bonus joke. Well, the bike crash was the bonus joke. It's like we knew it was just about over, but, you know, thanks again. I mean, I'm being facetious here, but. I don't know. What if Chris Sale forgets how to walk? And I then, don't think it's going to go that far. And then hurts far. himself. I, uh, you can't rule anything out. I understand where you're coming from. I don't, and, 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 I don't want him in bathtubs without rails on them. I, I want a very safe environment where I just – it's just like I don't know. It's, it's, he's not 80. He's not 80. You know, like, I mean, we're not going to put a handicap, uh, you know, parking spot for him to get out, like, in a wheelchair or anything like that. He might need one of those life alert things. I, I think we're going to the drastic. I hear what you're saying, but Chris Sale is, he's a banger and he's, he's going to come out fighting. He's, he knows how 2022 ended. He's not going to have that be the same way that 2023 goes. If he does, then not only am I a fool, but he's a fool, and anyone else that supports him would be too. But I have to support Chris Sale. I have to do it. I, I can't down – because here's the thing. Then we got Chris Sale for one magical year. That's it. We gave him $125 million for for one special moment, and, and, and even more so because we didn't even trust our closer that year. He had to come out and do the job. He had a very important role in 2018. And I don't think that's something that can be discounted. David Price, I know you're not a fan, had a really, really big role in 2018. So the, the difference is that Price got traded. We're still paying half of his contract every year to not play in Boston. Well, I think we're done For, with it now, but we were. We are. We are. Exactly. This was the last year. Yeah. And with Chris Sale, nobody's going to take on half that contract for him to maybe pitch. Even if that were the case, I still wouldn't offload it. He, the only way that something someone would be able to entertain that for me isn't in 2023. It'll be in 2024. I'm not offloading him this year. I can't do it. You have no pitchers. Here's what scares me. And we're on, we're, we're on different baselines here. Obviously we'll both agree on that, but um, yep. I, I just, I don't think Heim Bloom, I, I'm resigned to the fact he's going to be on the staff. I'm not, I'm not challenging that, and I'm not. This point isn't saying that he should be. We should cut him or get rid of him. What I'm saying here is, 
if Heim Bloom factors in the 2023 rotation with Chris Sale being a big part of it, the Red Sox are in deep trouble. Because then you're going to get the guy up from Worcester that you don't like, you don't want pitching, whether it's Cutter Crawford, Josh Winkowski, whoever, and it's just not going to go well. What what if this right here is three-fifths of your rotation? Chris Sale, Nick Pavetta, and possibly Rich Hill, where there's mutual interest between the team and him. What if that's three-fifths of your rotation? Do you make the playoffs? No. <laughs> you and I both know that. Anybody trying to make a case for that is wrong. Because uh, no disrespect to Rich Hill, but Rich Hill's not going to get it done this year. Nick Pavetta is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You don't know what you're going to get out of him. Uh, there's been some speculation about some of the pitching options that are going to be free agents this year coming to Boston. If I'm trying to take this team seriously, you're signing one, if not two of those guys, and you're signing them to a minimum of three, four-year deals, and you're probably overpaying to get both to come to Boston. And here's the thing. We haven't even addressed some of the other contracts that are also looming here in Boston right now. So this team is in peril. It's going to be at least two more years until we can either get out from under this or just hit reset for 2023 and move on from some of these deals. But if if Chris Sale was healthy, I'd say that was going to at least put us in the right direction. But the rotation that we had a couple of years ago, anyone thinking that we were going into 2022 seriously with the options that we had, praying that we were going to get James Paxton back, that's that's not a serious contending team right there. There are other teams that have three, four, five, six guys that could all bang in the rotation. They can all do major work. And some of them are 22, 23. These are teams that have actually invested time into building up a proper pipeline of pitching. We have not done that. Outside of Brian Bayo, who do you have? Uh, in the farm? That you can trust calling up for 2023 or 2024. Basically, no. Well, well, actually, I'll I'll take a half a step back. Maybe Brian Mata. Maybe, maybe Brian Mata. That's the only That's one. It. That's it. And there are other teams that have four or five guys in the wings, just like yeah, I can make a spot start, and they come out six innings, nine strikeouts, one run allowed on four hits. Like the the teams that do that, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Atlanta Braves, who come up with these players that no one's ever heard of. And you and I, we play fantasy baseball. We're a part of the same league. The finished results were completely different. But some of the players that ended up being superstars this year, no one's ever heard of them. No one knew who they were. And the same thing happens every single year if you are a player on the Tampa Bay Rays, the Atlanta Braves, and a couple other you know, one-off teams. But the names that you don't see, you don't see the Red Sox on that list with the surprise pitchers. You don't see the Yankees on that list with surprise pitchers. That's just not happening. I mean, the Padres absolutely bled their team in order to get Juan Soto. Mackenzie Gore is an absolute star, and they shipped him away just, all right, toodaloo, good luck, see ya. That was supposed to be one of their future stars, and that's going to really raise some question marks in San Diego for the future. We didn't even have a Mackenzie Gore, and they, they let him go. So things have got to change. We've got to start building up a pitching pipeline. We need to start having a more in-depth and serious pitching prospect list than the ones that we have. 
we're, we're trading for, for hitters. We're not trading for pitchers. And it's so obvious that we're desperate. We are bleeding pitchers. We have nothing. I think we'll leave it at that. It's going to be a long off season. I'm sure we'll revisit this at some point. Absolutely. Absolutely. So first point out of the way. Second point, J.D. Martinez had been notified earlier that he will not be getting the QO. Looking at his numbers and seeing how he tailed off significantly after the first month, second month, what were your key thoughts and how do you feel about that news surrounding JD? Not shocked. And I agree with this. I, I don't think JD Martinez is worth 20 million when you're trying to seriously address uh, some other issues of the team. Now you could get at least two, maybe three pretty decent relievers for about 20 million you know that's what six or seven million a uh uh you know a pitcher i just don't see jd martinez returning to even 2019 2021 form the the power dissipated yeah, he was hitting extra bases, which is nice, but it wasn't twenty million a year nice. And I don't think we can necessarily rule him out coming back because if ten or twelve million gets it done, and and perhaps that might be a tad high. But if he'll take a little bit less money because he loves Boston so much, maybe he comes back on that type of a deal. But I don't see any team coughing up 60 million over three years to sign JD Martinez. I don't think that deal out there exists for him. I think it's going to be a one-year deal and perhaps I think somebody will outbid the Red Sox. So it's just up to JD Martinez. Where do you want to play? And the only thing we know for sure is it's not going to be at big money with the Red Sox. Right. Uh, he got a little over $19 million this year, and that was the final year of that, that deal. These are the numbers for J.D. Martinez, starting from April, going all the way to the end of the year. Hit two seventy eight with one home run, eight RBIs, and had eight doubles. But two seventy eight, not bad. Following month, hit four oh six with four home runs, 15 RBIs, nine doubles. It was insane. It was like the, the new J.D. Martinez. And we started off losing a lot of those games. We get into May. Everything goes in half. He's hitting 232, three homers, 10 RBIs, seven doubles. The following month, one home run, seven RBIs, 210, eight doubles. 214 the following month, two homers, 10 RBIs, four doubles. We're not even getting extra base hits now. And we're getting cracked. The following month goes... 268 with three homers, eight RBIs. And then the final, you know, the final real month in October was three for 10 with nothing until the final game when he had a two homer game. A two homer game, which is something that we hadn't seen from JD Martinez basically all year. 
Um, and if I'm not mistaken, it may have only happened once this year, if at all. That's it. It didn't even happen all year. That was his first two-homer game of the season. He's not worth $20 million a year. And a team that pays him $40 million over two years, good luck. You're going to be sorely disappointed. If J.D. Martinez were to sign $15 million for a one-year deal, would you take that? No. I think it's too high. I think it's too high, too. The problem is, what does J.D. Martinez and his agent think he's going to get? Well, Scott Boris probably thinks he's worth 100 over five years. <laughs> of course, right? I, I'd be shocked. I think a two-year deal worth $35 million would probably get it done. $36 million, eight, you know, $18 million per or $17.5 per. The Red Sox aren't going to be able to afford that if they're going to be going after pitching. And honestly, the pitching is a more dire need for us. We have pipeline hitters coming up that are going to be able to do work. You don't need to pay $14, $15 million a year for DH. We have those. We're good. That $14, $15 million a year that we need to invest should be going towards our our starting rotation and potentially getting a closer. It's not going to be paying J.D. Martinez. I I can't justifiably – say that yes paying this man 10 12 million right now is going to be bringing the Red Sox in 2023 to a postseason berth I can't JD Martinez is not going to be that guy you can't keep everybody you have to like I've been saying in recent shows and almost been preaching it you got to refresh the roster you got to refresh the the chemistry and a little bit and that's an easy guy to replace. That's an easy guy to replace. And you got a guy named Tristan Casas who apparently has a knee injury right now in the one of the fall leagues, I guess. I don't know if that's the Arizona fall league, but hasn't been able to play in a couple weeks. Maybe, maybe he's a DH type guy for a while. Uh, maybe you keep that open for him. You got a guy named Eric Hosmer still on your roster. I still think that's trade bait for a, a decent reliever. A lot of people disagree and think we should keep him. So be it. I I would probably sell while he still does have some value, uh, especially where it's only going to cost the next team what six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand to to have him on their roster. Oh, man, sell sell while you can on that. I just, unless JD's going to sign real cheap, if he has no market and signs real cheap, I really have no interest and, and I want to move on. You know, use your imagination as far as who you could use as your DH or whatever. Or it could be a roving thing to give guys a partial day off. Right. And, and I think that's that's the thing. What I was talking about earlier, you don't need to spend $12, $15 million for J.D. Martinez to be your DH. You can find another player to be the DH. We have the hitting pipeline. That's just not where we need to spend the money. Um, and uh, with that, we're going to move into our third topic. And uh, that's going to be one that's arguably the most important thing and the Red Sox need to figure out and finally close the chapter on. And that's getting Rafael Devers a long-term contract. So as it stands right now, Rafael Devers 
is going to be hitting ARP3, is going to be expected to make between 16 and 17 million, probably around that, maybe a little bit more. The Red Sox had reopened conversations with him. Nothing got done. There was some rumors and speculations, a couple Twitter uh, handles and posts that said, oh, yep, a deal looks like it's going to be done. We're still not there. And it's, it's starting to get bad. With every day that passes, the Red Sox are starting to look like a joke. It's not looking like a destination team. No one wants to go there because other players that are potential free agents are looking and seeing that the Red Sox are not paying their homegrown talent. They're not willing to pay top-tier players that have been there. Loyalty is the greatest form of currency. And how do you reward that loyalty? By making contract ta- uh, talks last longer than they should? I don't know, Terry. What do you what do you think with this whole thing? I think Heim Bloom and Red Sox ownership are a bit out of touch. And I think right now they're probably sitting in a room extremely bitter about the fact that Raphael Devers has all the leverage in the world when it comes to this extension and there's nothing they can do about it. They're going to they're going to pay him at least 100 million more than what he would have cost at the start of the 2021 season. And what's going on right now is you had a couple of Dominican journalists that said Devers was offered a deal substantially more than the previous one he was offered by the Red Sox, which was last spring training. And that offer was speculated to be, uh, you know, around $170 million. They used Matt Olson, the Atlanta Braves first baseman's recently signed deal at the time as the comp for Devers. Like, this is about what he should be paid. Devers rejected it, knowing his value is obviously well more than that. So... The Dominican writers say that it was roughly the new offer is roughly double that. So that's 340 million if it's roughly double the previous offer. 24, 48 hours go by, then John Heyman comes out. And Heyman, he's he's had some doozies. He's whiffed a couple of times on some speculative tweets, but he says he has information that Devers rejected the new offer that the Dominican guys were talking about because it was only in the neighborhood of about 200 million, which puts him kind of in the, in the pay scale of Austin Riley, the Atlanta Braves third baseman who uh, was offered an extension earlier on. So Heyman has Devers way less than what the Dominican guys previously reported. And since then, all is quiet. Nobody's challenging Heyman. Nobody is is refuting what he said as inaccurate. Everything's been quiet. I tend to take the Heyman report at face value. I, I don't think the Red Sox are close. And like I said, they're in a room bitter right now because they're going to have basically a $100 million penalty for waiting this long, for letting Devers' value get sky high to the fact that they have to pay the man now. And I don't think there's any way around it. I think they have to do it. You can't sign trash contracts with guys like David Price, Chris Sale, um, 
uh, we mentioned Pablo Sandoval earlier. You can't sign terrible contracts with them and then not get the the ones you absolutely need to get done with guys like Devers and Bogarts. And Bogarts' market's been quiet. Apparently, he might have to formally opt out here pretty quick of the remaining three years on his deal. But it's it's a mess right now. And the Red Sox have nobody to blame but themselves for getting into this situation. If they would have just simply offered him $200 million at the start of the 2021 season, done. Devers is locked up through, what, 2029? Something like that. And now, as you already mentioned that, because we waited, we're going to be paying way more than a $100 million penalty. It would have been a $100 million penalty before last year. It's going to be like a 150, maybe $200 million penalty because we decided to basically sit on it. We didn't want to pay him. We thought, oh, well, you know, he kind of did have a, a little bit of a bum 2020 year. Even during COVID, he only hit 260. When he comes out the next year and hits almost 40 home runs in 155, 156 games, hits almost 280, is stealing bases, is doing everything he possibly can, and then this year does even better, hits almost 300, which is his probably arguably second best season as far as batting average and, and getting on base is concerned uh, in relation to his career with 2019. 2019, he had over 50, over 50 doubles, and had he not had that little injury and whatnot, he was he was suffering with a little back injury earlier this year and that they brought him back. Then he went back out again, was trying to get better. He just couldn't, couldn't get it. And now we're facing the fact that Raphael Devers is going to be paid 30 million per minimum. How much money does he actually end up getting? Does, does he think that he's worth 400 million? Does, Does he think he's worth 40 million a year? Is it possible that the Red Sox just blow the doors off of Rafael Devers by giving him $40 million a year? If you do that and you give him $40 million a year, congratulations. The Red Sox will not be competitive for the next three or four seasons because we're still going to be paying off major contracts that we have that may, may not be working out. And you've now allotted one-fourth, one-fifth of your payroll to one player. So I get why the Atlanta Braves are doing what they're doing, they're essentially paying their players and giving some of their best players like a Tom Brady contract. They're underpaying them, and all the players understand we have to underpay so that we can bring in more talent here. That's how it works. If you pay one or two guys a ridiculous amount of money, you cannot win a title. Bryce Harper is the perfect example. $330 million over 13 years. Now, that contract is 25.4, just under 25.4 million per. 25.4 million per. Devers is probably thinking he's going to get one and a half times his annual salary to stay in Boston. If Rafael Devers thinks he's getting 36, 37 million, we're in trouble. And Rafael Devers may be in trouble. I I can't picture the Red Sox doing it. I think closer to 30 does get it done. It has to be a minimum of 30. 
But I mean, it sounds like the Revers, the Red Sox are at twenty million a year right now. So that's that's low. Like that ship has sailed. They had their chance, like I was saying. But I, I just I don't know what else I can say. I guess uh, he he's gonna be he's gonna probably go to Cooperstown on the first ballot. It 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 just frustrates me to my core that that they allowed this to happen, and I mean if it reaches if if they want to wait till next off season and then he wins the MVP this year or finishes top three and flirts with a triple crown, then yeah maybe maybe he does. Maybe he does ask for 40. I don't think Devers is on the opening day roster, though, if they don't agree to a deal. Does Heim Bloom let him take the field and get risk getting nothing for him in, in a trade? It's bold. But I think that Rafael Devers has a chance to be a better home run hitter than Manny Ramirez. And that's bold statement. That's a bold statement. Manny Ramirez finished with 5.55. That was his number for home runs. If he averages 40 for the next 10 years, he's still only 35. And that puts him at 5.39 at 35. Do I think that Rafael Devers can hit 40 home runs average for 10 years? I really do, considering we haven't even seen prime Rafael Devers yet. If Rafael Devers hits his prime at 28.29, there's still a couple years of downcline, 31, 32. Maybe he's not great by 34, 35. But Rafael Devers isn't going to downcline like Miggy Cabrera. Miguel Cabrera just fell apart completely. And that's just statement of fact. He's got limited time left, and that's it. He's going to play out the rest of his contract and then be done. Sail off into the sunset, making his millions and millions of dollars. Rafael Devers will hit 500 home runs. Rafael Devers will have well over 25 to 2,600 hits. Will he get 3,000? I hope so. Unsure, though. Will he be in Cooperstown? There's no question. The question about it is, will he be wearing a Red Sox ball cap? That's the question. Well, I think Mookie Betts will probably choose the Dodgers just to spite us, but here's another Devers nugget. Only... Ted Williams and Tony Canigliaro in Red Sox history hit 100 home runs before the age of 25. Devers is the third. He's in that company. And he's one of the most clutch hitters. Like, he's got big poppy written all over him. He does. I don't... I know I made similar comparisons to Jordan Alvarez from that Mariners series, hitting two go-ahead home runs, one one of which was an epic walk-off. But the Heim Bloom era is, is miserable, and how does he get this wrong? How does he walk in here and that's not a top three priority? I just don't understand. I have no words. 
You know, <laughs> we've I've been I've been harping on this and highlighting this all year, and it just sadly feels like we're. I just don't know. I think it was you, Terry, that coined it. Chaim Bloom wants to get rid of all the players that he didn't have a direct link to signing, trading for, and all that. If that's the case and he's clearing house, it's going to be a really brutal next couple of years. And while Chaim Bloom is doing that and making those moves, Chaim Bloom should probably already make maybe make a LinkedIn account and start looking at other jobs because he's not going to be in Boston in two years. You know? Get get on monster.com. Start looking for a new one because man, it, it's gonna be brutal if we have another 2022 season. It, it's gonna be really hard. And I know a lot of people that are gonna have a hard time here in Nick when we're harping and highlighting the fact that this team is not gonna be competitive. So if they're not able to do the small things, how can we expect them to do the big things? I it's it's impossible to know, I guess. And the other thing, too, is I've been fighting with the Bluminati over Devers. Everybody has their own opinion on how it should be handled. And, you know, when I, when I tell them that, you know, Devers could have been had so much cheaper a couple years ago, they're like, you don't know that. You don't know that. Because they'll do anything to deflect criticism from Hein Bloom. But Devers going into 2021 only had the 2019 season to lean on. That was his one breakout season. It was his only great season. And that wasn't going to be enough for him to demand a top five or maybe even top three or four MLB contract of all time at that point. He just didn't have that type of leverage to ask for 340, 350 million. It was never going to happen. I don't think he was even asking for it. I'm not even sure he's asking for it now. I think if the number starts with a three... It's signed, sealed, and delivered, but it's not because the Red Sox are in denial over how that should be handled and what his value is. So we're we're gonna watch another train wreck, you know, right before our eyes. I hope not. I hope that's not the case because if it is, it's going to be disaster city. It's gonna be a disaster. And I really don't want it to go that way. I really don't. So Anything else you want to add to Devers? I'm done. This was a very negative episode for me, and uh, it's best that I don't say any more words. Perfect. Excellent. We're going to wrap it up on that one. To those that are listening, thank you for your support. And, uh, Terry, you have a good rest of your night. Everybody else, take care.